Yes, Lord, we celebrate your goodness this morning. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you are good. You have been good. You are good right now, and you will be good to us, Father. Thank you, God. We just, we just want to give you our heartfelt thanks, Lord. You have been so good all of our life. Thank you, Jesus, for being Father to us, Lord. Thank you for, for your presence that goes with us every day, God. And we just pray your, your blessing upon us now, Lord, as we hear your word in Jesus' name. Please take your seats. Take your seats, but don't settle down. Because I want you to, to keep in a, an atmosphere of faith and expectation. The title for my message this morning is, You Shall Receive Power. If you want to bring that slide up for me. You shall receive. You will receive power. I hope that that slide does something to your faith level. I hope that that slide is raising your expectation and your anticipation of what God has for us this morning because God has something for you this morning. Amen? Who's with me? Come on. Come on. Let, let's, let's get ourselves stirred up. God has not come uh, to, to meet with us today so that we can have a dead time. He wants to meet with us today so that he can bring us to life, so that he can do new things in our lives, so that he can refill us with his spirit. I've got great expectations for today, so, so I'm trusting in the Lord for that. Uh, I'm going to base what, what I have to say today around the life of David. Um, and I'm going to start off, if you can put the next scripture, next slide up, uh, with a scripture from the book of Acts. And in, what what's going on here is that the Apostle Paul is is recounting um, the history of Israel, and he's talking about the judges and the kings and all of the history. And he gets to the to the point about he's talking about King David, and he just mentions this: God testified concerning David, I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything that I want him to do. And I think that that is just an amazing scripture. What a, what a commendation from the Lord himself that he would say, I found somebody who thinks like I do. I've found somebody who I don't need to tell him what to do. He just gets on with it. He just does it. He's a man after my own heart. Amazing thing that, 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 that God said. He, he, he's motivated. He's envisioned already. He knows what to do. He thinks like I think. I'm, I'm, I'm envious already of that. That, that stirs me up in my spirit. You know, um, looking back at, at, the, at the history of, of King David uh, in Israel, it's really interesting when you look at some of the, the things in his life. Um, you know, what we all know about David and Goliath, but I want to tell you something this morning. Number one, I want to tell you two important things. Number one, David did not have to fight Goliath. There was no authorization from the Lord, or there wasn't anything, there was no reason why David should have to take on Goliath. The number two thing I want to tell you is that God did not tell David to fight Goliath. There was no command from the Lord where David was, was seeking the Lord, he was in prayer, and the word of the Lord came to him saying, go to, to, to the Valley of Elah, to the Philistines. There's a giant there. You're going to fight him, and you're going to go in my strength, and you're going to overcome him. That would be great, wouldn't it? 
There was nothing in scripture to say that that was the case. Uh, In fact, not only did God not tell him to, everybody else was telling him not to. Everybody else was saying, do not, whatever you do, do not fight Goliath. Just go to the next scripture, if you would. Um, when, when um, You know, the reason why David was, was there in the first place was because his father had just told him, go and take some, some food to the captains of the army and, and just go and, and, and bless them with, with, with something and go and see how your brothers are doing. So that's the reason why David was there. But once he got there and he saw what was going on, who's this giant? Who is he? What's going on here? What has the king said? Well, the, well, the king has, has, has promised that, that uh, whoever tackles this Philistine, whoever fights this Philistine will, will uh, be given, will, will be free of tax in the, in the whole of the, the country and he'll be given the, the, the king's daughter in, in marriage. David's saying, wow, okay. And, and so all of this stuff is going around. And as David is talking to the different men, it says, when uh, Eliab, uh, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him. And, and he said, why have you come down here, little brother, baby of the family? What are you doing here? And, and who did you leave the sheep with? Did you think about that before you started coming down to see the battle? Have you left them? Or are they just wandering around in the hills somewhere? I know how cocky you are. And I know how bad your heart is. You just came down to watch the battle. Oh, great. What, what an accolade from, from your big brothers. And David had not come to, to watch the battle. David had come because out of obedience to what his father had said, go and take some, some food to the captains of the army. That's, that's what he heard. But when he got there, he saw what was going on. And, and, and he started to say, well, who's going to fight this Philistine? What, what's going to happen here? And King Saul heard about it. So King Saul said, well, let, let's, let's see this, this lad. When he sees him, he laughs, basically. And, and again, go to the next scripture, First Samuel 17 and verse 33. Saul, when he saw David, he replied, you're not able to go and fight this Philistine. But you're just a young man. He has been a warrior from his youth. He's experienced, he's a fighter. You're, you're just a young guy with big ideas. Who do you think you are to, to, to take this kind of job on? But David was not going to be put down. David was not going to take no for an answer. So he said to Saul, he replied to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it and I struck it and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it, it turned on me, I seized it by its hair. I struck it. I killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Wow. Not enough experience. You're just a boy. His brothers made fun of him and mocked him. He didn't care because David had the heart to do this. You know, David gave the example of fighting the lion and the bear. That's what he, he wanted to, 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 to testify to Saul. And, 
Again, let's just think about that for a moment. David did not have to fight the lion and the bear. If you were a shepherd boy in Israel, just a young boy, and you're looking after a few sheep, and, and one day a lion comes along and takes a sheep out of the flock, you are perfectly entitled to go home at the end of the day and say to your dad, sorry dad, a lion came out, took one of the sheep, and, and you know, nothing I could do about it. It's that I'd say, son, no problem. That kind of stuff happens. Don't worry about it. He didn't have to, to, to take on a lion, but something in his heart said, no, I can do this. God's going to be with him. And again, let's not think that, that, that God gave David a specific, explicit instruction, go and fight that lion. When David saw the lion, I don't think he got down on his knees and started seeking God and said, should I do this and should I do that? No, I, I don't think he heard a word from the Lord, but he heard something in his heart. He said, he heard something that said, I can do this. I'm not going to let this this uh, this sheep go. I'm not going to let this, this lion get away with this. And And so... What did he say? When it turned on me, I didn't run away. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair. I struck it. I killed it. And this Philistine's going to be like one of them. Same thing's going to happen again, King Saul, because I've got the heart to do it. See, that, it, it's, it's because David did not need to have a word from God all of the time. That's what made him a man after the heart of God. He, he, he did the things that God wanted him to do without God having to tell him. He just thought like God thought. And, and, you know, maybe you could say that God prepared all of this situation with Goliath, knowing, having David in mind, knowing that as soon as David got to see that battle, God wouldn't have to speak to him at all. He would know. David, something would rise up. Anger would rise up in David. Righteousness would rise up in David. And David would say, ah, something's got to be done about this. I don't know why the king's doing nothing. I don't know why anybody else is doing nothing. I don't know why the seasoned warriors are doing nothing. But I'm not going to do nothing. I'm going to do something about this because he had the heart to do it I don't know if, if you've got kids and uh, whether you've been through this situation in this stage with them um, if, if you haven't yet it's going to happen to you let me warn you the stage where you always need to tell them everything brush your teeth at night don't forget to brush your teeth. Clear up after yourself when you're finished. Have you looked at the homework that you've got to do today? Have you looked on the app and seen what you've got to do and got on with it? There is a stage where you have to keep telling them, keep telling them, keep telling them, keep telling them. It is a little bit frustrating. You know that I have a 29-year-old and a 27-year-old, thank God they've got past that stage. But <laughs> most of the time, love, most of the time they've got past that stage. But I also have a 13-year-old who is in that, that little situation there where he just needs a reminder. And after yesterday's reminder, he's going to need another reminder today. It may be only an hour since the last reminder, but the next hour, he's going to need another reminder. Any parents in the house? Anybody with me? Yeah, okay. You're allowed to say amen, even if you've got your kids with you. That's all right. And there's something in you that just says, why do you always need to be told? 
When is that day going to arrive? When you've got the heart and the vision and the motivation to know what to do and to just get on with it and to be stirred and passionate enough to get on with it and propelled. You know what I'm saying, don't you? I'm not talking about my kids. I'm talking about you. When are we going to be motivated enough so that God doesn't have to grab us by the scruff of the neck and shake us and say, are you going to do something about this? Or do you see already? See, when I think about David and, and, and God's commendation of him, I, I get convicted. I'm preaching to myself first and foremost today. Honestly, I, I really, I feel convicted by that. I do not like to be, uh, I wouldn't want to be like, you remember the, the parable of the talents that Jesus taught and the one talent man and Jesus said to him, why could you not even have at least put the coin in the bank, invested it, just tri- take a little trip to the bank, put it in a, high interest account, best interest account that you can find. Just leave it there. Go, enjoy yourself, have your, have your life. And at least I would have, I don't want to be in that category where God says, so many opportunities were surrounding you. There were so many possibilities in your life. How is it that you could not see what could be done. David saw immediately possibility and opportunity where other people did not see it. Other people, fear stopped them or complacency stopped them or something stopped them. But for whatever reason, they didn't have the heart. But it doesn't matter what possibilities do you see. God is going to show you possibilities and opportunities. I'm prophesying to you today. This week, God is going to show you possibilities and opportunities that, 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 that are in front of you in order to train you. Because he doesn't want to have to show you every time. He doesn't want to have to tell you every time. He just wants to put you in a situation and say, you should know what to do here. You should know there's a time to open your mouth and speak to that person. There's a time that you need to get down and pray about this situation. There's a time that you need to know what to do. There's a time that you need to take action and do something about this. And, And that is what God is training us up for. It doesn't matter how small the opportunity is. The opportunities that are going to come your way may be small, they may be tiny, but God is not concerned about the amount. God is not concerned about the size of it. God is God is concerned that you start to see and you start to do. Now listen, you, you, you may be feeling a little bit defeated at this point, and I want to tell you the whole point of what I'm saying today is it is the Holy Spirit. You will receive power. That's what I'm coming back to. It is the Holy Spirit who will do this for you. The Holy Spirit is the one who God has put in place to give you that motivation, to give you that sight, to give you that that ability to see opportunities and, and to step out and then to see the power of God working in your life. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives us all of that. If, it, it's really interesting that if you do a, a search, a Bible search in, in your Bible app or concordance or whatever you've got, if you do a search for Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, you find hardly anything at all. Plenty in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, there's a couple of references in, in, in Isaiah chapter 63, and then there's just one before that. The very first mention of the word Holy Spirit in the Bible. Do you know who it, said, who it was? It was David. It was David again. Psalm 51, David's prayer of repentance after his adultery with Bathsheba. He says, God, 
Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. That's the first time we ever hear that expression in the Bible. What's going on? David knew something. David recognized that he had something and then that that something had gone. When he'd walked out of God's will, when he'd stepped out of the right way, what he had was not there anymore. That special um, the conviction of the Holy Spirit was not there anymore. That special relationship with the Holy Spirit was not there anymore. It was missing from his life. And David got on his knees and he pleaded with God, God, I don't take your Holy Spirit from me. I need the joy of my salvation back. I need to, I need to be restored. And when you do that for me, when you restore your Holy Spirit to me, then I'll start to act properly again. Then I'll start to, uh, sinners will be convicted. People will be turned to you. I'll be starting to walk in your will again. I'll be starting to know what's right again. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. David knew that that was the the missing factor. Now, guys, we are a Pentecostal church. We are a church that believes in the Holy Spirit. We are a church that believes in the presence, the life-changing presence of the Holy Spirit to turn things around. Who among us here has had their life revolutionized and turned around by the Holy Spirit? I hope there's a number of hands. How many of you have been filled with the Spirit, spoken with other tongues, experienced the gifts of the Spirit, experienced the Lord giving you a word of knowledge, a word of prophecy? The hands are starting to go down now because there's not so many. But you know, this is your portion this is your promise this is what God said this promise is for you and for all of your children and for all who will call on the name of the Lord it promises for you the Holy Spirit is here to be that Pentecostal church to each one of us and again, I'm convicted again. We can, we can fall and we can slip so easily. Yes, I've been filled with the Spirit. Yes, I speak with, with tongues. Have I experienced many of the, the, the gifts of the Spirit working through me in the last few years? No, I haven't. Am I a bit ashamed about that? Yes, I am. Because I, I, I want, I, I want to, 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 to experience God working through me in supernatural ways. Not because I want to be any great guy, but because he said he'll do it. He said he wants to do it. He said he wants to give us life and life in all of his uh, fullness. He said he wants us to be filled with the Spirit and keep on being filled with the Spirit. Not just a one event, one-off event that happened 10 years ago, but, but something that keeps on happening. Get filled with the Spirit. And then because you're a leaky vessel, it all starts to drift out. It all starts to seep out. And before you know it, you're dry as a bone. And you need filling again. You need going back to, to go back to God. You need to get that energizing and that life back again. And you, are, you, are you with me here? Come on, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. The Holy Spirit was what made David into an initiative taker. You, you know that, that uh, David was, was the one who uh, uh, initiated and instituted singing and music in the tabernacle of the Lord. And again, I don't read anywhere in the Bible where the Lord came to David and said, David, it's about time that we had some singing and music going on in the temple of the Lord. I don't read any command like that. All I read is that when God commanded Moses to set up the tabernacle, he said, Moses, you better do exactly what I say. Don't do anything extra to what I say. Just do exactly what I say. Everything that you do has got to be exactly according to the pattern that was showed you on the mountain. And Moses set it all up and there was no singers and there was no musicians in there. And it was a silent place, the tabernacle, for 300 years. Absolutely no sound there at all. And along comes old David. 
Bright idea. Okay, guys, we're going to have some music and we're going to have some, some singing in the tabernacle. Can you imagine the uproar amongst the priests and the Levites who'd always just gone about doing what they'd been told to do, going what, what God had commanded Moses. We just take our spoons and our shovels and we do the sacrifices and we pour the oil and the wine and we, we make sure that everything is exactly as it was told. Nobody's ever told us about music, David. Nobody's ever told us about singing. I think, don't, don't you think that the tabernacle should be a reverent place? Don't you think that, that in the presence of God, there should be silence and reverence? Good job David was the king with some authority. Good job that, that he knew what his heart was because David was saying, I don't really care about all that. All I know is that I've got a God who saved me. I've got a God who is great. I've got a God who's delivered me from the lion and the bear. I've got a God who gave me victory over the Philistine. I've got a God who looks after me in every day and in every way. And when I, when I think about that God, I want to praise him. I want to shout to his name. I want to sing. I want to praise. I don't want the tabernacle to be a silent place. Did God tell him to do it? No. Did his heart tell him to do it? Yeah. And so he did what his heart told him to do as a man after God's own heart. You know, obedience is a wonderful thing. It's a great characteristic and we should all have that characteristic, but it only takes you so far. And it's not really what God is after in the long run. See, Moses was an obedient man. The most humble man on the face of the earth, an obedient man all of the time, consistently obedient to God. But Moses always did things because God told him to. Whatever God said, yes, I'll do that. Whatever, you know, that, that's great. Um, Moses really was, was all, he just exemplifies the old covenant, which is all about obedience do this and it'll go well with you. Keep my commandments. Here they are, set in stone. You can see them. You can read them. Just get on with it. And then that's how it's going to work. I'll be your God. You'll be my people. Obey my voice and everything will go well with you. It'll go well in the city. It'll go well in the field. You'll be the head and not the tail. You'll prosper. You'll be above and not beneath. All of those blessings are going to come upon you when you obey. Just keep the commandments. It's all about obedience. Now, obedience is great. And, and if, if I get to the stage with, with Joshua, as I surely will, where I say to him, brush your teeth, he just brushes his teeth. Clear off after yourself, he clears up after himself. Make sure you've got your homework done. He's got on the app, he's, got, he's gone and done it. That's great. But it only takes him so far because I want to go beyond that. I want to go beyond the place where I have to even say it. I'm looking for the day when he will have got on that homework app before I've even got home from work and, he, and, he, and he's on it, I know what I've got to do today, Dad. I've just got to do this bit of maths and science and then this has got to be done for Thursday. I'm on to it, don't worry about it. Okay, and then when it comes to bedtime, he's brushing his teeth before I've even thought to ask him. That's what I'm looking for because at that point, he has become a man after my own heart. Listen to me, son. Take it in. See, that is what God is looking for in us. He's looking, do you understand what I'm saying? He's looking for more than just obedience. He's looking for us to become the people who don't even need to think about obedience. David never even had to think about obedience to God because he was already there before God had even given time, had time to give him the command. 
He already was up there with it. And, and that's what the promise of the Holy Spirit is there to do for every one of us today. That's what I want to shout out. That's what I want to scream out at you. It's there for you. If you are feeling frustrated that, that you're not there, and I, I'm here as the preacher to tell you, I'm feeling frustrated because I'm not there. I'm feeling convicted because I'm not there. And I want to get into a better place. I want to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be re-energized by the Holy Spirit. I want to be in that place where I am a man after God's own heart. Because if that is possible for me, God has made it possible for me to be that by pouring out his Holy Spirit. That is what the Holy Spirit is all about. Moving us from the old covenant to the new covenant, moving us from obedience to a heart that is in tune with the Lord. Anybody want that? Okay, come on, let's just look at it. Moses is all about obedience, but the promise of the Spirit, you find it actually in the the Old Testament. You'll find that the, the, the moment in Jeremiah where God says, okay, enough is enough. This obedience thing is only taking us so far. It's not going to do the whole job. We need something more. Jeremiah 31 and verse 31 says, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. I'm going to move on from this obedience to the law thing. I'm going to make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them out of Egypt. That was the law. That was the Ten Commandments. That was the law of Moses. So, But that was not enough. That obedience was not enough anymore. Go to the next slide. There we go. So this is, in verse 33, this is the covenant I will make with them after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and I will write it on their hearts. This is phenomenal. This is amazing. This is incredible. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord. No longer will you have to train your children in the commandments. No longer will you will you have to, to teach each other. This is what the Lord wants. This is what the Lord requires. There's this commandment. There's this commandment. There's this commandment. Because you'll automatically know there will be a download into your mind and your heart that tells you what to do so that nobody needs to teach you. First John chapter 2 says, you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. You don't have need for anyone to teach you for that same anointing teaches you all things. The Holy Spirit in you will do that for you when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, when you are being led by the Holy Spirit. That is exciting. I wonder um, if there's anybody... Um, maybe I can have a show of hands. Who in this building is good at maths? See, Joshua put his hand straight up there. Now, I, I honestly, I cannot corroborate that or not because when I look at Joshua's maths homework, I'm completely at a loss. I have no idea where to start because I, anybody with me, not very good at maths. Yep, come on, be honest. Church is a good place to be honest. That's great. I look at Joshua's homework and I think I'm completely lost here. Nancy! Fortunately, I have a wife who should have put her hand up when Joshua put her hand up, who is very good at maths and is an accountant, so she can handle all of that stuff. And so she'll come along and say, yeah, come on, Joshua, this is simple. It's just bod maths. It's just this over that and it equals the other. And I'm, you know, I'm out of it. I'm just saying, okay, get on with it. But what if it was possible 
by some miracle of modern technology that you could take some little chip and kind of download it into your brain and you could get some brain surgeon to just do this operation and in that chip is all of the knowledge of maths that you'll ever need to get through your GCSEs and your A-levels and to make you into another Einstein and to just make you a genius. And as soon as that operation was finished, poof, ah, I, now I understand. Calculus, trigonometry, all of that stuff. Slide rules, I don't need that anymore. Calculator, don't need that anymore. I get it now. Quadratic equations, simple. I, oh, man, my, how, how could I not understand, uh, have understood this before? It's so easy. Because the knowledge is there. The download has been given. It all starts to make sense. I don't need a maths teacher anymore. I don't need anybody to tell me anything anymore because I know it in my knower. I know it in my heart. It's got into my mind. That would be a wonderful thing. I'm afraid it's probably past the days when, when that is, is, uh, is going to be a, a realistic possibility uh, for me, but that's all right. Nancy can take care of all of that side of it. But, but, you know what I'm saying? Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing to have a download from the Holy Spirit who would take you beyond your struggles with obedience where you do some things and you, you don't do other things and you know some things that God wants you to do but you don't know other things and it's just not really very clear to you. That download... I'm telling you, folks, it's available for you today. This promise is for you. This new covenant, I will put my law in their minds. I will write it on their hearts. You will all know. You'll know what to do. This is how God intends. This is God's plan to make us all like David, men and women after God's own heart. Not just operating in obedience, but moving beyond that. Worship team, please come and join me. That, that is the, the, the new covenant. That is the promise of the Holy Spirit. It's for us. That is how we should be. That, 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 is, um, that is the provision that God has made. So if you feel like me and you feel, I'm really falling short of that. If you think, okay, I'm, I'm in a Pentecostal church. I'm in a church that's supposed to be alive with the power of the Spirit. Remember dunamis. Remember the word that God has for us, a personal word that God has for us as this church. We have seen things. We have seen uh, some amazing miracles. We've seen some amazing answers to prayer. We've seen some amazing breakthroughs. We've seen some amazing deliverances. But I want to tell you, we've not seen everything that God has for us in 2021. Amen. Do I hear an amen? Do you believe that there is, there is more that God has for us? Do believe that there is a greater infilling of the Spirit and a greater unleashing of power and a greater transfer of the power of the Holy Spirit that God wants to make in your life, that God wants to download in you. If you feel that, that you have been filled with the Spirit in, in the past, but you need refilling again, 
I want you just to raise your hand now and just acknowledge that before the Lord. I need a refilling, God. I need to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, but you want to experience that, you want to experience the, uh, speaking in tongues and, and the supernatural infilling of the Holy Spirit, put your hand up and, and, and come on. I'm, I'm happy to, to, to pray with you. I don't know what God's going to do. I'm, I'm going to pray in a minute for everybody, but then we can pray afterwards individually with people to do that. If you feel that you have, um, you're in a place where you used to, to, to know the Lord better. You used to be closer to the Lord. You used to pray more. You used to be more fervent and you've just lost it. You've just lost a little bit of that, of that power. You've just lost a little bit of that fervor and you want it back. Again, just raise your hand. Just acknowledge before the Lord. I want that. I want more of you, God, in my life. I want my prayer life to be restored. I want my, my, my communion with you to be greater and sweeter and closer. God is able to do that for you you if you feel as if you're kind of on the outside looking in in all of this God is able to bring you in God is able to to do it we're going to just pray now I want you to stand to your feet we're just going to we're just going to sing just let's let's begin to 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 sing we're going to ask the Holy Spirit and just sing Holy Spirit we welcome you and it's a personal invitation that I'm asking you to do in the light of what we've heard in the light of what God has for you in the light of God's promise which is for you to be able to download all of that all of his spirit into you to make you alive the thief may have come to steal and to kill and to destroy but God has come to bring life Jesus has come to bring you abundant life Jesus has come to increase the power of his Holy Spirit in you So we're just going to sing together.